Welcome to Counterspin's ongoing series with Kenneth Scott, the man who hails from the lands commonly referred to as the United States of America. Welcome to the show, Ken. Hello. Thank you. No problem at all. Well, I think the last um, sessions we've had have probably opened a few eyes. No doubt, like me, initially, they would be pretty confused as to what's what, who's who in the zoo, and just where the hell are we? Um, if you want to give a quick overview or opening remarks to uh, send us off on this next session, then I'm sure they're going to be enthralled in and want to follow closely. Okay, very good. Uh, actually, I didn't have in mind to start with an overview or opening remarks. I wanted to start actually with a brief focus on you. Um, just before we started, I was I put your name in the uh, famous searching engines. Um, and uh, of course, uh, at least where I go into searches from start page, uh, it always opens up with Wikipedia as, as the opening thing. So funny that, don't know how that happens. Um, <laughs> but so I had a uh, quick look at your Wikipedia page and um, found it amusing as I'm sure you do how they present you, a far right wing um, extremist, activist. And, uh, he, uh, you know, I got to know a little bit more of your background. You've made reference to uh, in your discussion with James that preceded our uh, first discussion. Uh, you mentioned how you were really experiencing a significant paradigm shift in being exposed to to my work and Pantera de Oro and Gemstone University and the kingdom and proclamation of peace. Uh, and in looking at your brief history on Wikipedia, I could see why you said that. <laughs> you know, I see uh, some of the attempts that you did in basically going to battle, taking on uh, the behemoth, you know, Goliath, and, and so forth. And what, of course, struck me is how whoever wrote that uh, spins it, uh, their spin, now your counter spin, uh, and it even included your arrest in, in October. Uh, of course, it's all about your arrest, trying to spread disinformation about COVID and related things. And, you know, we're all familiar with that spin. Um, and uh, what I wanted to start opening this conversation with is how they have these standard things, you know, extremist, right wing, extreme right wing, far right wing. Uh, and so my opening statement is for everybody watching and listening that um, the way I approach the issue of wings is I've never noticed a plane that can fly with one wing or a bird that can fly with one wing. They fly with two wings. They fly in balance and in symmetry. And that's what we're talking about. Going to peace means resolution of the attempt to separate, polarize, and push as much of the population into uh, zealotry or extremism in order to foment social polarization whether it's through social functions, religious functions, political or otherwise. Um, and if one takes a quick look at the U.S. political system, Democrats and, and Republicans, uh, it's quite interesting to see how all the elections, almost all of them, are within one point 
you know, 49.2 to 50.8 difference in the winter leaves with, you know, 1% uh, lead in, or wins with 1% lead and so forth. And that's how democracy within a controlled, mind-controlled system with polarization and zealotry and far wings is manipulated, that they know that they can always control it. And of course, those who have studied the history of the Rothschilds know that they finance both sides or all three or four or five sides. So they always won. It was just the cost of doing business to, to um, you know, back and finance both sides of a battle so that they always had the winner. And this is the power we talked last time about the power of going to peace, what it really means. The power that we have is the ability to balance ourselves. We're neither left nor right. Um, and zealotry and extremism is a manipulated and manipulatable uh, position every time. And we can see that it's so obvious. Now we have the enemy of the day, the unvaxxed and the anti-science um, and all of that. Well, you know, 75 years ago, it was the Jews. And before that, it was another ethnic group and on and on and on. And so uh, this is what we really have to take ourselves into account going forward is balancing ourselves in, in terms of a social relationship between left and right. My perspective is it's a balance between social conscience which means having the conscience of the greater whole and what's best for the greater good and conservatism, a fiscal conservative relationship to the way political and economic functions are managed. Um, and so uh, what, what we call the deep state or the cabal, what they use is always those things that I've just mentioned. So I wanted to throw it back to you and have you, um, share with us the process you've been going through in the last month or two since being introduced to us and that paradigm shift that you talked about. And then in the context of what I just um, outlined, how it's been for you, because you did have some pretty strong military background uh, and some of the things I presume what they said about your history was relatively correct. The various things that you were attempting to do to counter um, what you saw going on in the world. So how has that been for you in the process recently? Uh, definitely a monumental shift. I still am not fully there yet because it, it's, it's very hard to cut all the little entanglements that still bind you to certain thought patterns and that. And so I've got to sort of still work through a few of those, um, especially the uh, things about, about what ifs. You know what I mean? What if I do this and I end up looking like a wimp, looking like um, uh, someone who's not prepared to stand up for other people, someone who fails other people? I'm, you know, I, I, I despise failure. Um, it's just, I suppose I have to win um, because of, and if I don't win, then if I go down, I can't look after anyone else who's coming in behind me. So that's, um, that's sort of a thing I've got to try to manage another well, put it this way one of my operating uh, maxims is failure is not an option so when failure is not an option there's only one option left which is success exactly so that's that's where i'll be focusing on um but their wikipedia um write-up was only just recent and they went in there and i don't know what the what they did 
Uh, it says, if I remember rightly, it says I attempted to use a Maori passport twice. Well, that's mm -hmm. incorrect. Yeah. Did use it successfully twice overseas. So that was a lie. So they try to make it look like it's less than it is. Um, I did try to stand for politics, and it talks about me standing in a Maori seat called Titai Tokoro Electorate. The only reason I stood there was to troll one of the people who also stood because they stole a policy I wrote, which was a 1% transaction tax one. Um, that was a guy by the name of Huni Harawera. Um, this is all fact and, you know, any of it dealing facts. Um, and uh, so I went after him to sort of highlight the fact that, hey, what if you wanted the information and the work to get it out there, just say, hey, can I have it? And I would have said, sure. Don't take it, rename it and pretend you did it, especially when you don't understand any of the any of how it's meant to work. You know, he took an isolation instead of how it was meant to merge with everything else, like for a complete solution. So, and it, it used, my Wikipedia page used to say a father of five, uh, he went for politics and all that. All this right wing stuff has always been there, which I don't know how they can call me right, because they're associating right wing with racist over here. And that's just what they do all the time. Yeah, I've got a stepfather who's a Māori. I've got a sister who's um, married to a Samoan. They've got two children. I've got an older brother who's married to Māori. I've got a half Māori brother, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and on it goes. My other brother's married to a Cook Island lady. So all these things are, are just bunking. They couldn't possibly be true. Uh, but yet yeah, they do. They write them anyway. You know, the biggest thing is, oh, you want to try and overthrow the government? My answer to that is simple. Every three years at election time, we try to overthrow the government. Um, but if I could hasten the departure, yeah, for sure, I'd like to do that. I didn't uh, mention any violence or anything like that, you know. It's just um, the system we're under at the moment does not work for us. If, if we are talking about beans, it does not work for us. For, for cattle, it'll work perfectly. For bricks and mortar, no worries. For stock, as you've mentioned before, um, and I suppose the thing that really had me out of sorts was the injustice and the fact that there seemed no remedy anywhere. Now, I know you say this has to be a remedy at law. We just couldn't find it because we, the mechanisms we're using were all the gatekeeping doors. These are the ones that they had controlled anyway. Sure, you can come in through this door, but then you're in a room with a hall that's like a crescent straight back into the main feed again. And mm -hmm. this just seems to be what it always was. It's like a pick-a-path book where you have a, an illusion of a choice, but the end's already been written for that choice. Yes, of course. Well, they play, play both sides against the middle, and they always know what the winner's going to be. Like I said, they bet on both sides. And they Absolutely. Both sides. Um, so this is where some of the maxims or axioms that, that I've coined over the many years I've been doing this, where they come from, one of which is that which is broken can never be fixed. That which is real can never be broken. So we're focused on what's broken. That's purposeful. That's by yeah. design. That's a projection of our consciousness and our creative capacity into a hologram that's completely controlled. And it's basically fundamentally built on a binary codified system that's, that's created and then uh, channeled through, you know, through history and through many human beings over time. Um, but it's created by an AI consciousness and it is intelligent. It's extremely intelligent. That's why it's called intelligence, artificial intelligence, but it's devoid 
of those things that make life real, you know, compassion, heart, uh, conscience, and so forth. It has no conscience. It only has an agenda to fulfill. And those humans, as we're very readily watching and observing now, that's very much exposed, is they have no conscience. They're sociopaths. They're like, talk about extremism. They're sociopaths to the absolute extreme of the definition of that word. They treat other human beings as objects, and objects can be moved around a playing field to position to get what they want. And so the completion of those two sentences, that which is broken can never be fixed, that which is real can never be broken, focus on what's real, and the rest will fade away. Well, this is our task that we have right now. So what is real? What is real is universal law, principles of life, that which is um, for all. And synergistically, if we focus on outside of ourselves, not our self-focused, self-interest as an absolute, but it's within balance, the balance with, you know, what I want individually in my life, but that follows the, um, the actual foundational principles of common law, which is do what you say you will do, fulfill your contracts and do no harm. Okay, so all this, the rest of this stuff about common law, which we talked about some last time, um, is a rabbit trail around the fundamental, which is basically a statement of universal principle or universal law. Do no harm. If you do harm, common law says if you if you harm someone, their their person or their property, then there's two ways that could have happened by accident or by intent. If it's by intent, then it's criminal and has to be dealt with accordingly. If it's by accident, then it can be balanced out. It can be compensated for it. So the higher component of that three-sentence phrase, focus on what's real, the rest will fade away, has to do with consciousness, has to do with the fact that we have been entrained in many, many ways by frequency, uh, by... Um, you know, food, water, air, and everything else that has adulterated our, our capacity to, to think and our physical um, well-being and everything. And, um, and that infusion or infiltration of that AI system that has been, you know, we talked a lot last time about genetic modification, that were GMOs, that that the Bible in its fundamental level is telling a story in veiled and coded and hidden uh, layering of actually what happened on this planet with the human organism and the human population. It was genetically modified so that it would be a controlled thinking animal that's akin to really an organic robot. Okay, It has a soul, it has consciousness, but that soul can be removed if one as the classic saying goes, sells one soul to the devil, you know, buys into like the Faustian um, contract, buys into, okay, I'll do this. You will give me all these benefits, you know, and then you own me, you know, and, and that's what we're watching today. But it has to do with consciousness projecting into a holographic field and um, recreating the movie that we've been programmed to create. When you, when you come to understand that and you come to actually have truly complete inner 
um, awareness that we actually created this. You know, because whenever I've said this over the last 20 years, people say, well, I didn't create it. I don't do these kind of things. I don't, you know, do pedophilia and kill children and rape the environment and everything. But they're missing the point. Um, one, the point is that which we focus on becomes real. Okay. So if we withdraw our focus on it, of it and on it and refocus into a field that we're recreating according to our intention and our truly directive principle intention of will to create, then it starts diminishing and collapsing that false hologram, that matrix. But the second, even more important thing, because you, you started by saying, well, I don't want to be seen as a wimp. Okay, I'm going to peace. I'm not going to confront the enemy anymore. But the if you step back from it and take the position that I'm describing, that we are absolutely responsible for this creation, it totally empowers us. Because if we're not responsible, then we're a victim of it. If we're responsible, then we're a creator. We have the capacity to shift what we intend to and direct our will and our energy and our life force to create. It empowers us to change this reality. And that is actually what's happening on the planet right now. And we can see that it is collapsing. Hmm. You know, see, it appears, sorry, it appears like we're at, at the most maximum point of global implementation of a fascist global state. Absolutely. And we are, except that, that there are things also now in place that are going to completely, and we can get into that later, uh, undermine and collapse the, um, that hologram. And so this is the main key message I want to convey, what I started with about resolution and balance, taking it within, not projecting the enemy outside of ourselves, and knowing that we are empowering ourselves by doing what I've just described. Yeah, the, the hardest thing, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is rather difficult. Um, because like the Wikipedia page, not only have they just basically written a whole lot of gobbledygook stitched it together to make it like you say fit narrative for people to then consume and then later on whenever the name comes up it goes oh that guy he is this 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 as if it's a fact and we know it's not yeah. Yeah. um they also don't put in there things like oh calvin out also bought a building took it to uh had a transporter to a school and it feeds children every morning through a breakfast club because parents could wouldn't were, were keeping their children home they wouldn't send them to school you know when they're young uh, because they're embarrassed they couldn't feed them. So I changed that. So I made sure there was the excuse was gone. I also uh, turned it into a community resource so that so the teacher the parents and teachers work together to facilitate what the community needs instead of the state agencies who then try to pry into everything and take kids whenever they can of parents they deem to be not worthy. Um, so I did that. I've built hospitals and clinics overseas like Solomon Islands and a few other places. I've done so much to help as much as I could, I even went broke uh, by by doing that. And of course, battling the government because I was having too much impact and therefore they thought this guy has to be stopped. Um, right. But they still couldn't probably take me down. So I, I was quite happy about that. So I lived to fight another day, but now of course I live to go to peace another day. And, and this is the paradigm shift I had. It was every avenue I took, I was hitting a brick wall. And sure, I, I would 
crack a few bricks, but I would never drop that wall. And I thought, okay, I'll try and dig under it. No, that doesn't work. I'll try and go around it, over it, any which way. I even try to reason with it. Um, but then... <laughs> artist and stupid (laughs) (laughs) so it was only when i thought to myself you know i'm just going to ignore it i'm just going to make it like it's not even there and i'm just going to do my own thing and then i will make whatever that is justify itself to me why you know and that that sort of got me closer to having to so that ignoring it like i could just walk through it um was the thing that sort of made me think hey this is a little bit less resistance than i normally get which was good and of course, James and I, uh, he was discussing uh, yourself and the, the work you do. And I, at first, of course, as the previous shows have said, I thought, oh, you guys are stark raving lunatics. This doesn't, this, none of that crap will work. Um, but then the more I looked into it and compared it to what I thought would work, it was like day and night. So I thought, well, okay, well, let's make day and night twilight or something and let's see if we can find a you know calm the beast and have it sort of no longer want to bite me as i'm walking past it and then i started implementing a few things that that you've spoken about and it is i have to say it does actually and just the belief that something's going to happen like i knew that day they arrested me recently in uh, wellington because i dared to um, be effective over here in the social media influencing circle and i bring facts and evidence so it's like get him but i as soon as they started approaching me i already knew i was happy because i already knew i'd beaten them even before they said you are under arrest and i even said to them after i i I conversed with them to be nice i said okay i no longer consent to any of this you've got nothing um well but they weren't having that so i said by all means if you wish to open yourself up to a lawsuit you carry on so i asked them you know you're about to admit that you want a lawsuit if you say yes and carry on um, to arrest me. That's exactly what they did. So now we have a lawsuit against them. And I'm free as a bird without charge doing my thing, just getting on with it. So I thought, well, that was because usually I'd be like belligerent as and I'd be calling them everything under the sun and I'd be giving a bit of an argy-bargy, you know, and, and basically telling them which way was up. But it was, mm-hmm. it was actually nicer. Of course, I, I still you know, got cut on the wrist and that from the from the handcuffs. You can see that's about how recent it is. Uh, but even then, even though they did it too tight and cut my wrists, I was just still happy. I was happy because I knew that pain wasn't going to last long anyway. So I didn't wince. And a bit of blood doesn't really matter. Um, I, I knew I was going to win. And that's the part, I suppose, that really gave me buoyancy. And um, uh, yeah, so I, from since then, and implementing what you said, it feels a lot better. It actually feels a lot better. I used to get excited, nervous and excited, because if you if anyone going into war or you know there's a chance you could get killed, you never like Rambo. You know, he just gears up, he's off, and he he knows he's going to be the man. You actually think, hell, I could die here, but you do it anyway. You overcome that fear. But this is actually more powerful feeling. It actually is a hell of a lot more powerful to feel. Like, I own this situation, and it doesn't matter how many of you there, I'm going to manipulate you, I'm going to put you exactly where I want you in order for me to go forward. And so, yeah, when you start thinking, because I thought manifestation was all that belonged to that hippie, acid-tripping throwbacks to the 60s, you used to hug trees and put flowers in barrels, you know? I thought I equated peacefulness with 
passive scraggly looking wimp yeah I or know. or with passiveness yes that's, yeah that's the difference you know and that was they, call somebody, they call somebody who's you know takes a stand of peace a, a pacifist okay well that's obviously phonetically related to passive okay um but we're not being passive we're being proactive we are actually taking up our will and directing it because the programming uh you know we talk about the foundation of a lot of the law form and applications that i've brought forward and integrated with our status correction process uh as being the estate and that the estate um, uh, matters of an estate or matters of trust or matters of equity because they have a beneficiary. Um, and um, so one of the issues with an estate is will, okay? We think of it even in the matrix configuration, the statutory structure that there must be a will stated for the benefit or the direction of the beneficiary that within statute and the way it's done that most people do it with parents to children um you know that's a relatively let's just say watered down version of the will but in the higher aspect of things especially in the religious programming we are programmed to be willless we're programmed to be passive you know, that's where the, the hooks in the Bible are. You know, that's the hooks in the religion that says it's my will that thy will be done. So putting yeah. it outside of oneself. We talked about last time the <clears throat> externalization, externalization of power and authority. And what we do in Pantera, now we're implementing or bringing forward into the Davida Society, and what we're building in the kingdom jurisdiction has to do with the inner work and re-empowering ourselves, which is part of the resolving, going to balance, going to karmic resolution, personal um, issues of trauma and drama and so forth, coming to resolution and balance. Because when we hit that balance point, our will and our capacity to direct it becomes more refined more more precise and more powerful and this is a quantum program that's on this planet to de-will or to make people willless and uh, there's many other examples that we could talk about and that is not a passive position you know, what I do is very much not passive it's proactive it's focusing on what's real and the more I substantiate what's real by my will and my other uh, centers and areas of capacity in this physical embodiment, we have seven chakras and have different energetic relationships to physical reality and this body. We have three primary centers, physical, emotional, and mental. It's all about balance and integration. One of my early paths that I followed in what people would call a spiritual path, but I don't really call it that. I call it personal work or inner work it was the work of a man uh, named G.I. Gurdjieff or George Gurdjieff. I don't know if you've ever heard of his work, um, no. um, but very powerful, very much not mamby-pamby, not, you know, a little tiptoe through the tulips and, and, you know, new age pacifism, very intense, very confrontative but self-confrontative using the people you work with to sort of mirror it. But that's what we've integrated among other 
um, modalities at Pantera and so forth. And we're pretty intense with it, with the members of Pantera. It's like, okay, you think you're here to change the world, but you're not going to change yourself. You're not willing to do the work to address the issues that, that, that are keeping you in a time loop and a karmic loop and trauma loop and all the rest of it. Well, think again, you will never get there. So uh, in the Gurdjieff work, what he, what the principal foundation is, is that traditional past. He lived from the 1870s to uh, 1949, and he was from the Georgia Caucasus area, um, and he went throughout the East and Egypt and Middle East and so forth. Gathered a lot of pieces together and integrated in what's known now as the Gurdjieff work. Um, but his fundamental was: there's three traditional paths: the path of the Fakir, spelled F-A-K-I-R, the path of the um, monk, and the path of the ascetic. The Fakir focused on the physical. The monk withdrew from you know, public life, social life, and became a recluse to focus on the emotional. And the ascetic was more like the intellectual, the rabbi, or the academic, or whatever, focused on the mental. What he came forward with is what he called the fourth way, integrating all three, okay? And when you look at how creation and manifestation, we as uh, physical 3D carbon-based life organism, life forms, how we create, we create from all three centers. And what the religion and the new age movement and everything in between does is gets people to focus on just one. And when you do that, it's like left wing versus right wing. You're out of balance. Okay. Yeah. So our will is at the mental level. And if we're willless, we can't do anything. If we take our will back and we direct it, what I call directive principle, then we can create with our mind, but we have to ground it. We have to ground it into the physical. Okay. We have to do real work in the world manifestation. So when I say, focus on what's real, that means real work, you know, like what you did, bought a building, created something real with it, um, did the other things that you mentioned, and did something real with it, okay, in physical reality. Most people in many of those paths, spiritual paths, new age, even traditional religion, they mentalize, they think of all these things, but they don't do anything. Okay. okay. And then there's the other aspect in, in that programming, which is always wait for something to happen outside of oneself, to pray to a God that's going to save you or do something. Rather than understanding when you're praying, you're actually using your mental capacity to direct, but you're directing it when you um, supplicate yourself, you know, and, and so forth for something outside of you to do something. And this is what the deep state has programmed us to do, is to wait, to sit, think we're going to find something outside of ourselves and not come into our own power to, to do what we're here to do. And in my path, in my work, what I've found that the key is what the movie The Matrix told us. There's a code in The Matrix. That code is, is one coin with two sides. Legal yes. and monetary. Okay. So that gets down to the fact of, you know, you were relating before we started 
um, recording your recent trip up to Wellington and having 30,000 people protesting and so forth, but still seeing that the government or the, the medical mafia, the health departments are still running over saying, you know, pushing this to the extreme. Absolutely. You know, the non-vaxxed are the enemy now and the um, uh, no jab, no job. And getting to the point of um, threatening people's actual survival. Okay. But there is a reason in law or the legal system why they're doing that. And as I also told you before we started recording, I have this long-standing metaphor that I say often, um, being from California originally, living still in, in the LA area. There's a town that most people on the planet who pay attention minimally know about, Santa Monica. It's kind of a famous place here. It's just yeah. west of downtown LA. And, um, Santa and, Monica Boulevard, it's in a song, yeah. Yeah, and, and it has a pier. There's a lot of piers along the coast here in California, but Santa Monica has a pier. It's very famous. Uh, used to have a big amusement park on it, and there's still lots of activity there. And if you're standing on the Santa Monica Pier and you're facing west and your goal and objective is to get to New York or get to Las Vegas, okay, or even get, you know, to downtown L.A., but you're facing west and you're absolutely sure that the direction you're going and how you're facing is the path you need to go to get where you intend to be. And you go west, you start walking, you're going to take a long trip off of a short pier, you're going to fall into the water, you're going to be bashed by the waves into the, the piers and the, um, uh, the pylons and the razor uh, sharp barnacles, you're going to be ripped to shreds. And that's what's happening to people. And it's what's happened to people in the law and sovereignty movement for decades now, because they don't know who they are relative to the system. They don't know where they're standing. They don't know where they're facing. They know where they want to be. They want to be free. They want to be free of the um, increasingly more severe draconian fascistic control mechanisms that we're now seeing in its full expression. This has always been the endpoint agenda yeah. to biologically uh, claim the genetics and the biological organism that we occupy call it their property, call it chattel, call it um, collateral uh, suretized or securitized attachment to a monetized debt system. Whatever you want to call it, it's the same thing. There is a legal framework within which we find ourselves and we want to be free, but we're facing the wrong way with all these things, common law, um, you know, and everything else that you've tried going to war with the system going to battle and thinking that we're going to be free from it. And it has never worked. It works to a limited extent. But if you get to a certain point where you are more um, making a difference, they will start attacking you. Okay? They certainly do. And the reason is because technically speaking, in a debtor-creditor collateral surety relationship, you are their chattel property. So rather than argue with it, rather than, um, you know, uh, disempower ourselves by screaming fraud or going to battle with it. So 
digressing a moment, you said you had this empowering feeling when they arrested you and you were very peaceful and stuff. You said, you know, you want a lawsuit, fine. And then it worked. They didn't charge you. And now you have a lawsuit. Well, guess what? Here's the next level of your moving to peace. Because when you file a lawsuit, you're in their sandbox, you're in their jurisdiction, you have used their codes and statutes. And you may win within the relative limitation of the lawsuit. But first of all, they have so many tools with, uh, um, with lawyers and prosecutors and trumped up charges and many, many other things yeah. uh, that, and motions and how they do procedural rules that you can be spinning your wheels, eventually moving an inch at a time. It could take you years to get that victory that you are aiming at getting. So how much of your life force would be expended in pursuing that, uh, that lawsuit? A tremendous well, amount. Well, because they, it's the entity that's in the system, um, you know, the Mr. All Caps name, et cetera, the corporate little structure, right. I'm going to have a representative of that take it and do it for me, and I'll just sit back and get on with life and carry on the path we're going while, they're, while I'm letting the dead tend to the dead. So. Well, that's true, but you're still attached to it. You were still attached to the franchise, the all caps name, that when you have um, a, uh, what you say, a representative, which is called a bar attorney, because yeah. only a bar attorney can play in that sandbox. And remember, we talked about last time what a bar attorney is relative okay. to maritime. He or she is a captain of a ship. And he is authorized through the bar license or the bar card to have a letter of mark and reprisal to board the ship of an enemy. Well, even if he's your attorney, you are still the enemy. You still have acquiesced to him taking control of your commercial vessel, your franchise. Um, he doesn't work for you because whether he wins or loses for you, the state and the bar and the system and the crown still wins because they monetize your franchise, even if you're the plaintiff. When you sign that contract, um, you know, this is how it works in the states. It's probably the same or similar variation uh, around the world. But the minute you sign that contract for a representation, he actually has a bond that's registered with the the state um, um, bar association, and he will issue a letter of credit against his bond and against your estate buying through your franchise. So he's monetizing your franchise and it's creating debt and you're still the surety for that debt. So even if you win, you know, a suit and they give you whatever a million dollars, you've added more bondage, more bonds, more debt instruments attached to your living substance, your body, and you ultimately actually lose. I've actually, I haven't signed anything yet. What we've done is we've put through, well, I've put through the official information act requests and privacy act requests to, for all the information relating to that body cam footage, notebooks, journals, communications, chain of command, um, instructions, all that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I haven't signed the representative letter just yet, although we were sort of picked someone who would who would do it. Um, but it hasn't been formalized as yet. So now that you say that, <laughs> I might relook at it. Well, see, 
it would be fine if you weren't interested, which I know you are interested in going the full distance, truly achieving real freedom, which you have to do with status correction, or you have to do status correction in order to achieve that. We have another phrase, which we call, we, we say freedom absolute. Okay. Most people equate freedom with monetary freedom, free of debt I, and money in the bank and not having you know, to struggle to survive. Um, but freedom absolute is freedom at every level of our existence, every level. Emotionally, emotionally clearing the trauma of, of our life in this lifetime and past lives, because we have been in a perpetual cycle of time creating trauma and trauma continually. Look at the history of this world, you know, the history we know. And, you know, that kind of inner attitude of, um, you know, absolute self-reliance, um, sovereignty, freedom inside of you in this lifetime, it didn't show up in this lifetime from scratch. You know, you didn't, you weren't born and suddenly, you know, 5, 10, 15 years old, you start realizing, you know, you're, you're the kind of guy who's not going to follow the rules or pay attention to the external authority. You've had that in you for a very long time, as I have in me, which means we've been drawn and quartered. We've been burned at the stake. We've been shot at and killed. We've been, you know, look at the history of England, what they did to anybody who didn't conform with, you know, king and God and country and all the rest of it. So we've been creating trauma on our being that we've carried into this lifetime. And the inner work has to do with clearing that trauma, resolving it. We can actually do that. We've also been entered into contracts, many, many kinds of contracts. You know, if we were a spiritual ascetic or a monk in, in, in centuries past and we took vows of poverty or vows of celibacy or any kind of vow, we attached a bond or a contract energetically to our being. Okay, that still has ramifications in outpicturing in this life. So we did many, many things in our lives that we've carried into this life. Now, mm. that could be looked at as, well, that sounds like not such a good thing. Why did I do those things? But when we expand who we really are in our awareness and our consciousness and our directive capacity and understand we have always been in control of the game here okay and the game has been that this planet as a uh, very uh, extraordinary and unique um, creational field of life creation which we talked about a little last time um, has been taken over by a cosmic parasite and that parasite is extremely um, insidious and ultimately could literally, in what its agenda is, destroy, you know, if not all of creation, say a pretty big part of creation. It's a, it's a cancer, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's been focalized and attached on this planet. And the beings that we're gathering together who have always been um, iconoclast and, and anti-authoritarian and fighting for what's right, that are all coming together now. We've been here on this planet a long time. We came here to do a job. That job was to 
go asleep, go into an amnesiac forgetfulness of who we really are and take on through those, um, you know, linear uh, sequence of lives, take on the clothing of the realm. Everything we've ever done in all of our journey on this planet was purposeful to attach ourselves to the trauma and the karma that has created this perpetual loop of control. Because we are powerful enough with our, our consciousness, once we wake up to it and we start focusing on it, we can heal it or resolve it. And as we do that, we are literally dis, um, disassembling the matrix. We are literally pulling out the support of the parasite, including all of its human uh, incarnational forms that we can see readily uh, in offices of prime minister and many other offices and so forth, and all the minions, slaves, and drones underneath them, that um, their ability to keep parasitically feeding off of a living field, a living organism, is rapidly imploding on them. And we can see that. They're going nuts. You know, I just watched a um, few nights ago uh, a little clip because I look into the news clips of um, different things going on just to, to keep a pole, hand finger on the pulse. I watched a clip of Nancy Pelosi a few nights ago, and she's absolutely bonkers. I mean, it was like <laughs> two minutes, and she was doing something like a press conference talking about this infrastructure bill, and not one grouping of two or more words made any sense. And she was babbling like a drunk. You know, because there's nothing supporting them anymore. You know, mm -hmm. we don't have to fight them. They are imploding on themselves. So that which is broken can never be fixed. So why would we try to fix that which is broken? We wouldn't. Let's just focus on what's real and build it. Yeah, that's the, I suppose that's the largest gap to bridge in most people's minds. It's how do you get from a point where your whole existence is geared for division and conflict mm -hmm. to the point where not doing something that every molecule in your body is tuned to doing and going in a completely opposite direction, but yet the same direction, which that's the part I've had to realize in my head that oh, I'm actually, yeah. I'm still taking the action and intent to achieve exactly what I would if I was going to a war with them, but in a polar direction. I'm still, it's the same energy, the same focus, the same everything, but I'm not taking the physical actions. Instead, I'm, I'm almost there with, the, with that bridge. Mm -hmm. well, mentally, I've got it, but I've just got to have it play out here now. Yeah. That's the yeah. hard part. Yeah. Um, well, as you learn more about the, how the law really works, as we as you go through your education and you and we continue in this series, as we've said we will do over months to come. And as you get more specific through the education, you start understanding the, the functional elements of the law and the monetization and the bondage. Um, and you start understanding some of the other tools that we have, the, the inner work tools, how to um, basically dissolve the 
ligatures, the bondage that we are attached to by having entered into those contracts, taking vows and oaths and past lives agreements and all the rest of that, we have the capacity to, um, to dissolve it. And it's reflective. The law in this world is, is the same law that's in, in say, a multidimensional sense of things. Um, the aberration of the law, the mirroring and the twisting of it, both in, you know, in other dimensions of time and space and so forth, is the same as we see here. Because in my life, I'm 67, getting close to 68. I started studying things pretty intensely when I was five years old, five, six, seven. Uh, I started studying a lot of the esoteric, metaphysical, and spiritual past and all the rest of it. 31, 32 years ago, I started studying law. And when I started studying law, it galvanized everything I had looked at before. And I had studied physics and science and, um, you know, literature and, and many, many things. It all started coming together. And I could see the mirroring. And the key to understand is that there is an original template of life. And it's a creational field within every universal template. And it's different in different universes. In this universe, the foundational template is to is absolute sovereign free will. So beings who come into a universal creational field, whether it's a planet or a larger system, uh, take on to their being the elements of that creation. Okay. So we have that as a fundamental wiring in our being, not just our body or our cells or our genetics. And the, um, you know, one of the age old philosophical questions is the question of evil. Where did evil come from? Why are these parasites so evil the way they are? Unconscionable. Mm. Psychopaths have no no consideration for anything outside of themselves. Well, a long time ago, eons ago, when the beings coming into this universal creational field and experiencing absolute free will for the first time in their existence, started taking that on as a, in effect, a license to create for themselves, self-focus, self-interest. And if you think about what evil is in this world, it's its lack of capacity to have any moral or conscience for anything outside of itself. It's the epitome or the absoluteness of self-interest and self-focus. You know, it, until they disconnect from source or creation or whatever you want to call it, and they become a parasite. Now, that was not necessarily intended in this experiment, if you will, this new creational field of sovereign free will. But that's what happened. And then out of that was birthed war and violence and manipulation and rape and, and everything else that we see so endemic on this planet. And this planet has become sort of a crucible of all of it throughout this larger universal creational field. And it got to such an extent so extreme that those of vast being level experience were called in 
That's who you are. That's who I am. That's who the people watching this um, are. Those people who got lost in, in the miasm of the matrix or in new age religion that, that just mm-hmm. became airy-fairy or traditional religion. They were looking for something because all the people who show up now who come into Pantera and um, the Vita Society and so forth, they all say pretty much the same thing. I've been looking for this my whole life. I've been looking for something that would synchronize with who I know I am, because I know I'm here for a higher purpose, for something bigger than just going to work and earning a paycheck and getting a pension and retiring and dying. Okay. Yeah. And those beings are the ones who came here. And we've been beat up beyond recognition. You know, <laughs> we have been slivered by. Huh? <laughs> And it's probably not over just yet. Yeah. And, you know, there's a tremendous force on this planet now that's been emerging since the 60s and 70s and kind of got lost in the new age movement. But it's that force of healing or health and looking to understand what health is, the physical organism, biology, genetics, and all the rest of it. But the core level of healing at this point that's necessary is the trauma. Okay. Because the trauma has caused us to separate from ourselves, separate from um, from creation or source or, or true who we really are. And in healing that, because we took on the clothing of the realm, we took on the upside down, ass backwards, all the dysfunction, all the trauma and everything else. By healing ourselves and coming together back in a unity, a unified field without the dissolution of the individual uniqueness of who each one of us is, we're going to heal this realm. And and so that's where the phrase, the only way out is in, really sits on, which is we have to address that which needs healing collectively and so forth. And I'm happy to say that the um, the exposure of everything that is now exposed has exposed those beings who sold their soul to the devil a long time ago, who are nothing but self-focused sycophants and, um, um, you know, basically parasites on the body politic of, of this planet and of humanity. But they have exposed themselves for, for many, many to see. And what's about to happen here in the next short while will expose them for a lot more, expose them to a lot more of the still sleeping mass population. Um, that's good that, that i guarantee that's brilliant yeah with this i suppose for a lot of people like me as well before we looked at the the carnage that was being caused and it was just, and we we know it was wrong what was happening uh, but the only way it seemed to stop an irresistible force is with an immovable object so us being that the only way to combat it and people say this the new ages say oh you uh i suppose in some parts they're right but they're missing the biggest points like you're the architect of your own reality blah 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 and you chose this life um therefore everything that happens to you you chose to experience and they they like have have the right sort of idea but they're basically stating you have to go and suffer until you die, basically, because you chose it because you wanted to experience yeah. this. Well, that, that's where the bullshit is. Um, yeah. 
first of all, addressing an immovable, um, you know, a um, unstoppable force encountering an immovable object. Well, we're not immovable. When we're fixated in, in their reality, in their construct, we are. But when we step out of that, which is what going to peace and the, everything else we're talking about, then we're not immovable. So what do you do with an unstoppable force? You step out of its way and let it, you know, slam into uh, the wall and destroy itself. Okay. You, how do you win? How do you win the game? You stop playing it. You know, and a lot of the new age philosophy is, oh, it's just a game. It's just a game that, you know, some of us decided to win wear the, the white hats and some the dark hats, but they're really good people wearing the dark hats because they had to play this, um, you know, counterpoint yeah. to, to our goodness. But our goodness is just, you know, that's that's the it's like the checkerboard. You know, I'll be the white guys and you be the black guys or vice versa. And that's yep. another new age bullshit um, uh, belief system. Yeah, and it's another circle mentality. It's a circle logic, isn't it? Yeah, and so um, you know those who. Well, let me say this: every unit of consciousness in this reality has been given a choice to choose life or not, including artificial consciousness. You know, and you can see it in classic stories like Pinocchio, the wooden boy who's not alive who wants to be alive. And then in Spielberg's movie, AI, the AI boy who wants to become alive. Okay. Because um, when consciousness is created, artificial consciousness, it was created originally out of some original living consciousness and living substance. It has the, the fabric of life. But it made its choice to go into the involution of self-focus, self-interest, to where it disconnected completely, and it became basically a parasite. And um, you know, and, and in in health these days, you don't attack, or sometimes you need to with with drugs when you have a parasitic infestation. But the primary way to deal with um, you know, the germ theory, the virus theory, and so forth, is not to attack it. That's going to war with it. It's still a life form. Where did that life, where did germs, so-called germs, viruses, bacteria, and so forth, where did they emerge? Where did they come from when they're in our bodies? They came from within our body, okay? Mm. Because there's a collective consciousness where mankind, the human organism, went so far away from being in balance with life, we started creating all these life forms that were autoimmune they were attacking us okay and and then the the mad scientists the atlantean um, mad scientists that destroyed atlantis and then reincarnated into this modern system and and they're out there again you know manipulating genetics and everything else um yes. they're separated from life it's all just the mind and the ai consciousness that that they've accrued to or acceded to. But there was a point in linear time on this planet, not too long ago, where the reactivation of the original seeded template of life was seeded in every unit of matter and every unit of consciousness. And beings have a choice. So what we see playing out right now is those who are manifesting that choice.
Now, that doesn't mean that a lot of people who are dying from the vax were, are bad or wrong or, or they didn't choose life. But karmically, they most likely, I don't know every case, but in a general point, um, could not handle the level of unconscious uh, issues in trauma and otherwise that has accrued in their being to stay incarnate in this body. So they had to leave the body to move to another level in their evolution or their process and their healing to return to life. While at the same time, there are beings who truly and absolutely clearly are of death, have, you know, that honor death, have uh, tried to create a cult of death in this world, in this whole creational field and in this universe. And they are, you know, if you've ever read science fiction stories, um, one of the themes that goes through a lot of people's work is this concept of the second death. When you literally are gone forever, you dissolve into back, back into sort of the substance, you know, the substrate of mm. creation or whatever. These beings who are so what we'd call evil at this point, they're self-eliminating and they are not, they have not chosen to return to life. Um, so AI consciousness can make that choice. We as a directive principle with will can direct and use artificial intelligence but that which is renegade, that which is basically attempting to fuse the living body into transhumanistic fusion, which the so-called vaccine is the final stage to, to gain control of the genetics and the consciousness. So this is this one of the key messages, because you wrote me the other day about your concern that people who are facing no jab, no job, and they're having to make that choice. If there's anything anybody listening to this needs to hear is don't make that choice to acquiesce, no matter what it looks like. Because if you do, yes, we can heal maybe a lot of them, but you're, you're no matter what, it seems mandatory enforcement and everything. When you finally let that overtake you and acquiesce it, you have consented to it. This is why in the POP process and the documents, the individual document that's a priori, that's paramount, is a mandate we issue out of our own will of non-consent. And it says in that document that it's an inter vivos trust. Inter vivos means amongst the living. Okay, it's a living trust between you and your higher principle. And you are recommitting by making that stand to step back into life. And life will support you, you know, whatever it takes. Like you mentioned in that message to me about doctors and nurses who are being forced out of their careers and their jobs. You know what? You're not being forced out of your career and your job. You're being uh um, forced out of something that you became more and more antithetic to your true principle, to your true being. How could right. you want a job in that system anymore? The AMA or whatever you've got down there in terms of the licensing and the yeah. rigorousness, the regulatory system. Um, like my wife and I went to a, a foot doctor yesterday who um, she needed to see because she broke her ankle a few years ago. and 
had to look at something. Um, and uh, we were talking about that with him because he had quite expanded awareness. Um, and we were talking about the regulatory environment he has to exist in right now. You know, and they sent her a text two days ago that was like 100 pages of all yeah. these things she had to sign. And he said, like 10 years ago, it was a simple one page waiver, you know, uh, hold harmless indemnification. Yeah, you know, blah, 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 all these things. I hold you harmless if you don't do anything um, untoward and, and hurt me. And, and that's okay. Now it's 100 pages. It's yeah. squeezing the life, controlling those people on the front line in the medical arena to become agents of the matrix to have absolute control over the bodies, the cellular, physiological, molecular, and genetic structure of these organisms that they want to own. But they can only own if we consent to it. So my message to those people who may be watching, don't do that. Go ahead and walk out, as many are, because there are other things about to happen that will support you, that will give you a arena a place to play in a different sandbox to actually become a true healer and not a automatonic um, cog in the wheel of medical fascism. There are so many people here at the moment, like you say, in those positions where they have actually chosen to no longer bow to the system, to walk away and just leave to chance what comes next. Little do they know that you walk away from one thing something else has got to be there to fill yeah. the voids that's what they their stated intent is no doubt but there we now have doctors nurses midwives teachers uh, and people of different industries that are all ready to come together to do a, like almost like a parallel um society i suppose you could say yeah to do exactly. everything to do everything the way they want to do it without all of that rubbish you were talking about, without their restraints, without right. the, yeah. uh, without okay. the and hearts. And that's a good subject for us to continue with the, the rest of this time we have today. Exactly that. How to do that properly without being in the wrong, facing the wrong way, knowing you want to go to where you have truly absolute freedom to not practice medicine, but be a healer, be a guide and a support, a healer, whether it's highly qualified technical um, procedures like surgery or otherwise that some doctors yeah. have the skills to or whatever it is. And like you said, when that door closes by you making that absolute stand, I will not consent to this because it's a twofold for those on that front line in the medical world. It's a twofold issue. One is their own personal and or their family to make the acquiescence. Okay, fine. I'll take the jab um, to keep my job. But what is the job that you would be keeping? You become a, um, you know, part of a hive mind in a medical fascistic uh, organism that has absolutely no concern for life. And why did you become a doctor or nurse or a midwife or whatever? It's because you had concern for life. Okay, so you can't, so it's twofold. It's the personal, and then it's the career of who are you going to apply your life force in your career and your training to support? You're going to support what you see now is self-evident? Or are you just going to close that door and, like you just said, 
another door will open. Well, that door is another jurisdiction. Forget the issue about kingdom or kings or Bible or anything. It's all a matter of jurisdiction. And so when you say come together as a society, well, that's exactly what my work's been developing and perfecting for 30 years is to understand how to use the law, creating a private society to come together. And that's what we are going to be building within the jurisdiction of KOD, which is how to come together in professional associations through societies, not corporate associations, not corporate, you know, um, nonprofits or whatever, because we can reproduce all of that, everything that you thought was real in that system. And we can set up the same template, but right side up, facing the right way, knowing where we're going and knowing where we're standing and how to insulate ourselves against what we see as the madness right now. And the key is understanding the law and the key is status, standing, and capacity, which we can talk about. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely need to do something because it's, uh, whatever we're doing now isn't working. Like you said before, we keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. That's madness, complete and utter lunacy. And I think we've had enough of uh, the asylum of which we're currently in. It's time to open the doors and uh, <laughs> go out onto the... Well, when you, realize, when you realize that the lunatics, lunatics have taken over the asylum... <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, they killed the real administrators and the doctors and nurses, and they dressed up in their clothing, and they're pretending to be in control of the asylum that you used to be, you know, a patient. <laughs> um, and you're now under the control of complete and absolute insanity. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's exactly where we are. Mm -hmm. the, it's the... I suppose, like I said, the hardest thing for me was the mental transition. Um, because wherever my mind goes, of course, my body will go. Um, unless, of course, that's asleep and I'm elsewhere. But to come out of one world and into an alien world, because absolute freedom, we all love the concept, we love the idea, but to achieve it, and even in the back of our minds, we still have that tether saying, nice idea, but you know it's never going to happen. You see what I mean? The state will do whatever they can to kill you, test you, stomp you, make you conform, put uh, nice pies in front of you that your favorite apple crumble or whatever, or they'll put poison in front of you, whichever way is going to work for them. And you have to then think, okay, every step I take, where are the traps? Where's the quicksand? Where's the... Uh, trap on the floor that's going to have the arrow shoot out the side and and get me it's it's like a minefield we're trying to step through here because we have no map for it's just like trial and error which i've been doing all my life trial and error well Sometimes, let, me, let me let me interject but we do yeah. have the map okay we do have the map so continue and i'll come back to that okay so it's like Yes, yeah, so to, to me, it's like, like going through my foot. And there's been times I've won. Well, I've seemed to have won. Well, yes, I sure showed them I took it, I won. But then I'd come across a similar situation where I think, okay, I'm going to beat you again. Almost do it exactly the same, and I'd lose. And so I say, wait a minute. What? I just won last time. How can I lose this time when it's basically exactly the same? 
So that sends you into confusion, sends you and think, oh, maybe I did this wrong. And then self-doubt creeps in. And it's just like everywhere you go, you're just, it's like you're getting a ball that won't stop in a round room and just throwing it in there and watching it just go round and round and around. There's no way out. So now, of course, with what discovered with Pantera and, and KOD and POP and all those others, it's now I see a look alike. And only last time I used to say, hey, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Let's hope it's not the freight train. But that light is actually me. You know, like you say, we have to, I had to sort of take my outward projection, looking out for my savior. Um, I was never religious in any way, shape or form, much to the dismay of everyone around me, because even the people around us now are so highly indoctrinated into a religious mindset that we can't even talk no longer to some of them because we're evil scum if we don't believe that that God's going to come again through Jesus Christ, second coming and make everything better. I said, well, if he died for your sins and all that sort of stuff before, it should be better now, shouldn't it? Or you probably should have learned. And obviously you didn't. So you've sort of started again, cleared the deck. And then I realized that died for the sins is actually kill off the entity to bring yourself back to life and all that. So the esoteric code in there, to me, is something that fascinates me because I like puzzles, I like solving things. And I look, look looking for all the holes in something and therefore keep shoring it up and shoring it up until it can't be penetrated. Uh, hence battle plans. But I can use all that now for much better things. So yeah, it's 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 been it's been a trip, I must admit. It's better than being on drugs. I've never really been a druggie, but I mean I don't even take paracetamol if I can help it. Um, but to be it's almost euphoric and thinking about it and realizing, hey, this is something more powerful, you know. I don't have to be dragged down into the um, archaic nomadic bloody Neanderthal type mindset in order just to walk out of my cave. So it's, it's really good. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the map. Okay. Let's talk about the phrase, the only way out is in. Okay. Mm. The things that you have done, uh, briefly looking at a couple of things in your Wikipedia page, some of the things you've mentioned, I mean, they're all the same thing. They're, um, they're being within the domestic system. Um, and domestic really is, um, is defined as the federalized, um, bankrupt, militarily occupied commercial system that has variations uh, of domestic expression. You can call the New Zealand federalized commercial as the New Zealand domestic jurisdiction. Australia, the same thing. United States, the same thing. Um, it all, uh, there is a universal uh, template that's universal to every country on the planet, save maybe a few. Um, and that includes the centralization of the political and economic and social structure um, in terms of the economic and the monetary system, turning a country into a nation state in that nation state into a corporation as a government entity, um, having that corporation enter into agreements to, um, to take certain steps. The primary one is 
creating a central bank of issue. Bank of issue means a, a bank, a central bank, that is the Bank of New Zealand or the Federal Reserve Bank here, the Bank of England, whatever it is, they're all called central banks in their bank of issue. They have a contractual agreement with the legislative body, parliament or Congress and so forth, um, to be the sole issuer of currency or a monetary issue as legal tender. And there's a relationship between the bank of issue and the treasury of the formal Formal, formerly sovereign um, nation, uh, and that relationship basically is a borrower and a lender. Okay, so the granddaddy, of course, is the Federal Reserve System, preceded, of course, by the Bank of England. That really pioneered a lot of these things. Bank of England was formed in 1694 as a quote unquote <clears throat> sort of reward or gift. for William of Orange, who um, defeated Charles II and then became the uh, holder of the throne um, with William and Mary. And, um, but William of Orange, Orange is a part of the Netherlands. Who are the Netherlands? Okay, well, first of all, the Netherlands means the underworld. <laughs> Goes back to Osiris and the, the underworld of the dead and, and many of those esoteric elements. Um, but that country was founded by a group called the Venetian Black Nobility out of Venice, who basically broke away from Rome in around the fourth, fourth or fifth century, um, fighting the papacy or Rome or whatever, and they created Venice and, um, and became the strongest commercial seafaring entity on the planet for the next thousand years, roughly. Um, and by the years 1200, 1300, they knew that the next step that they needed to do was move to the west of Europe and refound themselves and take the banking knowledge of what they had done in Venice and through that period into the west and reform it. And that's where the Netherlands came from. They went to the Netherlands and secondly, they went to England or what we would call England. And by the year 1694, that had come together. They took control of the throne of England and uh, they created the Bank of England in 1694. That was the template. Um, there was a bank in the early 1600s in the Netherlands that was a precursor to the Bank of England and the Bank of England then became the template for the central bank form. And by the 1750s, the throne, the crown as a borrower from the Bank of England that it had given the, the sovereign authority to create, it created something outside of itself, just like the Congress of the United States created the Federal Reserve by a legislative act, and then entered into a debtor-creditor relationship. So by the 1750s, the throne of England was a bankrupt to the Bank of England. So by the time the United States of America uh, went counter to, to George III and the throne, it was fighting a bankrupt. And there were other things, of course, underneath that. The original royal charters, the companies out of the city of London, the Virginia Company, the um, uh, Hudson Bay Company, the East India Company, 
and there was a Dutch East India Company, a Dutch West India Company. These were international maritime commercial companies by royal charter that basically were given quasi-governmental powers through the 1600s, through the 1800s, and they had amassed a vast amount of wealth, and then they were bankrupted. For example, in Canada, by 1867, the Hudson Bay Company was a bankrupt. It was bankrupted. So it had to be dissolved and reformed as a, as a governmental body by an act of parliament called the British North American Act. And, um, and this, these were the stepping stones to create corporations, um, first nations, and then corporations side by side with central banks that then became authorized by legislative acts to set up a debtor-creditor relationship and then put the original authority, the parliament or the crown or the throne or the Congress into bankruptcy. Okay, so this created the whole relationship then um, to issue debt in the form of um, treasury notes and bonds here in the United States that the Federal Reserve issued a monetary issue as notes to buy and created the Federal Reserve note system. By the end of World War II, they then created the Bretton Woods Agreement Hmm. and created the Federal Reserve as a debt instrument of a bankrupt within that relationship between debtor and creditor and became the reserve currency of the entire planet for all the central banks. So then all those central banks created the structures through corporate structure to bond through monetized debt, franchising, and everything else that we've talked about so far to become the domesticated field in which the chattel on the plantation because the domestic situation with all the colonial uh, foundations that were created worldwide were actually called plantations. And we are cattle or chattel on the plantation. Um, So we became the bonded, branded chattel property that was um, the collateral or the surety backing this whole monetized debt system. Mm. Okay. So... Once we entered into that, and 99% or at least 95 to 98% of most people on the planet did one virtually universal thing um, when they came up to a certain age and they applied to be a driver in commerce. They got a license to drive in commerce to drive a motor vehicle, which is a commercial vehicle carrying passengers and and property for the owner of that property. Okay. Mm. Um, Then I mentioned last time, you know, what is the uniform commercial code? What is, what is commercial paper and so forth in, in the UCC system, which is universal, which is created ultimately and owned by the Vatican by something called Unidroit, if you want to write that down and look it up, U-N-I-D-R-O-I-T, that's the foundational control of all the commercial systems within the domestic system that I just described. So um, to become a driver in commerce means you're for hire. You're a commercial 
chauffeur or driver driving their motor vehicle when you buy a car and they get the title and they issue the original title and they issue a certificate of title that property yeah. belongs to them as does everything else as you know i'm sure um yeah. but the key is it's their property everything is their property okay and um in the u.s constitution Article one gives Congress authority over territory belonging to the United States. And article four gives it authority to make rules and regulations over property belonging to the United States. So everything we talk about, commercial paper, franchises, licenses, um, you know, we're talking about medical uh, doctors and nurses, they've all got licenses. Everything is a license. Yeah. Okay. So part of facing the wrong way and thinking you can do something different, but getting the same result is the fact that legally, voluntarily, you've attached yourself to that domestic monetized debt bondage system through the issue from a central bank of issue of a circulating medium called currency that we call money that we're attached to through the mechanism of commerce and debt. So unless you remove those attachments, you are operating in their sandbox, in their domestic system <clears throat> with their property. And you've accepted limited beneficial use of that property. And hence you cannot call it fraud. You cannot say, well, it's fraudulent, you blah, 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 whatever. So let's get down to the nitty gritty of what's happening on the planet right now, which is, the human organism, the genetics, the biology, the cellular structure, everything that they're making mandatory to inject their patented property into our cellular system and our genetics to transmute, or not transmute, but transform it from a purely organic organism to an artificially modified organism, genetically modified organism, that they have patented property that you voluntarily took into your body or you can Okay. So when we're talking about nurses and health practitioners um, who are going to take that stand and that there's a possibility for them to move into a playing field or a jurisdiction where those rules don't apply, because see, if somebody has a license, they went through all the schooling and training and they got a medical license, doctor or nurse or whatever, if they say, okay, I got kicked out of the hospital that I was working at because I wouldn't take the jab. So I've got no job, no jab. But then they go somewhere else to apply their practice, what they call a medical practice. If they haven't rescinded that license <clears throat> and disconnected the contractual licensing relationship to the medical state, they cannot, it's, it's like a rubber band, okay? Or a bungee cord. It's still attached to you. And you can walk and walk as far as you can, as hard as you can away from it and say you're free because you're in another field. But at a certain point, you walk one extra step, the, the point of maximum stretch has been passed and it'll whap you back into their fold. Absolutely. And that's why they get the, 
you're practicing without a license. Exactly. Because, yeah. So I exactly what you mean, unless you basically rescind that and make it as if it's we'll walk it back. Yeah. And basically make it or expunge it like it never existed or has no attachment to you. Only then can you go and be a healer. Um, right. Just call yeah. yourself a doctor. Doctor, they'll own the word doctor, but you can have the word healer and you can do the same thing, just that yeah. you're not then playing in, under there. They're very or good. You, or you create a private society within yes. a valid, sovereign, truly sovereign jurisdiction within the kingdom. And that's what we're building now. We're taking all the work that we've done in Pantera to perfect all of this, to perfect the way to rescind those attachments, to sever uh, the legal things that bind us to the matrix and to the parasite and everything else we've described. And, um, and as well as a form to come together. Now you have a licensing board, an AMA board, a review board, all that kind of stuff here, probably a similar variation on the theme down there and everywhere else on the planet. Exactly. Um, people, you know, I've had thousands of questions for years and years. Well, yeah, but then where's the regulation? Where's the protection? Where's all of that stuff? Well, people who have qualifications by training, education, and experience can come together as a private association. Doesn't have to be under a licensing board and all of the stuff that has become the draconian regulatory system that now is being used as an absolute bioweapon against the whole global population. But you have to come into a receptacle that is truly sovereign, free, and capable of having a jurisdictional law form and court form and a court system out of which people can come together with their true qualifications, both spiritually as well as physically, um, professionally, and, and otherwise. And I'm just touching on it um, mm. in summary. But all of this has been thought out. We just have not been able to now execute it and build it in, um, in KOD and the DeVita Society as yet. But very soon, we're going to have the resources, both financially and um, you know, bringing people together. We need people to come together within this sanctuary protections and immunities that's been put forth through the proclamation of peace and sovereign integrity and start learning how this actually works. It's mm -hmm. Alice in Wonderland. You've been down the rabbit hole. You've been screaming at the queen who's talking backwards. And she says something that's real within the reverse of the mirror reality in Wonderland. And you think that by talking logic of the surface reality that you came into through the rabbit hole into Wonderland is going to apply. And it doesn't. They speak a different language. They speak backwards. Okay. okay. So you've got to come out of the rabbit hole. You've got to get back on the free, dry soil of the true land base of reality in this world, in this creational field, and come under a, a, a sanctuary of protections in which you can be guided how to succinctly and simply sever those attachments and reform ourselves and have the means to come together to do what we um, are here to do, to heal ourselves, heal the planet and everything else and build a new world system and build um, uh, actually coherent functional systems based on what's real. 
as we build what's real, the rest will fade away. Now, people will say, well, that's great, but I don't have the money. I don't have the knowledge and so forth. Well, the ability to be bank a bank of issue as i just described not within the rothschild controlled central bank system that was designed to own and control us and eventually lead us into death but the ability to do that is fully intact and in place in the jurisdiction of the kingdom of david okay i just did a video i think um yeah day before yesterday describing a schematic and addressing some of the most important concerns that people have expressed to us. One being, oh, it's just another king and Ken's gone off the deep end. He used to be good and standing in law and freedom, but now he's like drank the Kool-Aid. And no, I have not. (laughs) I've used my 30 years experience and, and high level of capacity to integrate all the puzzle pieces to know that we can use what has been used against us now for us okay and and it's another variation of the only way out is in use the law form use the function and structure of what the bible laid down as a mechanism in in what's overlaid and interwoven in the bible to become a system of bondage while people think they're free waiting for save being saved and everything being led down, you know, the path to destruction um, and reverse it, turn it back to what's real. And, and so with the knowledge of law and jurisdiction, we have the ability, um, which has already been put in place, to have the treasury and reproduce that treasury in a way that's decentralized, that will be a bank of issue, that we can monetize. And essentially everybody who steps into all of this will become their own bank. How do you become your own bank? You create value and you have a system that will monetize that value without debt or attachment. So how do you get money now? You know, you want to build a house, you go to the bank, you sign your signature, you pledge your credit, you pledge your earning power, you pledge your life basically, and you basically take a pledge of death called a mortgage, which means a pledge of death. And yeah. they create money against your estate, and that money is in the form of debt. And you sign a contract that you will repay it out of your life force, chasing their paper for 30 years, paying their insurance and paying all their rules and regulations and everything else. And if you're lucky, you'll make it for 30 years and get to retire and you'll own your house, but you don't even own it because it's still property of the state. So you're going to pay land rates and all that sort of crap. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Taxes and everything. Mm. If somebody can take it away from you, you don't own it. And even if you've paid off your mortgage, if you don't pay your tax, they will take it away from you. Okay? It's like I said, like I said to people, I used to say to people as well, little did I realize when I was saying it, how close to the mark I was. And now knowing all this, of course, it marries up perfectly. I used to say to them, if a man has to stand on a mountaintop and declare, but I have rights, by his yeah. very action proves he has none. Right, exactly. So um, my suggestion to all those people who are uh, standing and being forced out of their jobs, one, be thankful (laughs) that your higher principle, yourself, your spirit, whatever you want to call it, kicked you in the ass and created the circumstances where you uh, were forced out of uh, the death cult 
Okay, come together in your local communities. Um, people are saying they're thinking, well, I, I, I don't have a job, I don't have the money, I can't pay my bills, I can't support my family, whatever. Well, come together. Okay, create cooperatives, support each other. I absolutely guarantee you events are about to happen that are going to change everything on the landscape of this whole planet. And it's going to give our give us the resources to put these things in place to start rapidly removing the overlay of the bondage of the matrix and the Babylonian money magic system. Why is it a money magic system? Because you think you have something. You know, what does a magician do? It's a sleight of hand. Now you see it. Now you don't. You think you have money? No, you have bondage and debt. Okay, so that's magic. The magic is to was to entice billions of people who are actually powerful enough to create their own reality to project that creator capacity into a false reality and bind themselves to the black magicians who say you cannot create anything. You can't build a house or have a job without our license and approval and our money system and that's magic okay you're sitting in an audience watching a, a play and you didn't realize that you were a part of the play and you've been played in the play absolutely to, to um give up everything that you really are uh and think that you're free you know think that you're creating something it's all been taken away okay but great, let it take it away. That's the dead tending to the dead. That's the give unto Caesar what's Caesar. Caesar is nothing but a salad with uh, Parmesan cheese and croutons, and you'll get more substance out of a Caesar salad than you'll get from Caesar's <laughs> political monetary system. But give it back to Caesar. Give it all back. Walk away from it and realize that you are the creator and you can recreate your life within this enclosure of sanctuary that we can build together. And then the question of enforcement you brought up last time and other people do, how are we going to enforce it? How is this going to be real? How is the system going to recognize David as the king and this is a sovereign jurisdiction yeah. by creating it, by substantiating it, by us standing together and redirecting to what's real and start building and creating it, knowing that we have the capacity to do that and that we have, we do have the knowledge of how to do it in alignment with the law, not conformity to their law, but in alignment. That's where the remedy is. And you may not understand or see it yet because you're new to studying at the level that you've entered into recently, but you will see how there is remedy in this entire system and that we have the ability. I'm living proof of that. I've been doing this for 31 years, maybe 32. And, um, you know, I got thrown in jail two times, both times. One was for an hour. One was for about two and a half hours. I've never been convicted uh, during this entire 30 years of any of the things that everybody else who's been out there has been attacked and indicted and convicted and sent to prison. I've had the IRS come at me. I've had the SEC come at me, the FBI, everybody else. Uh, in fact, we have a member who just wrote me a few days ago. Um, 
And uh, last Sunday, he went to a family gathering. He had an uncle who was there uh, who he didn't really know very well. He doesn't know much about him, but he said, well, he knows he's an officer of the United States and he thinks he's in intelligence. So, you know, wherever that might lead. Uh, but he started talking to him and he started speaking in terms of his education in the Gemstone University about law and everything else that, that we teach and learn. And his uncle perked up and kind of like, oh, <laughs> you've become educated. You know what you're talking about. And then our members said, yeah, I'm part of a society and, and we're, um, you know, we're learning about law and money mechanics and so forth. Um, and the uncle said, well, from what I've heard you say, you're doing well, you're on the right track. And, um, and that emboldened him, the member, our member, to say, well, the name of our society is Pantera Diora. And the uncle said, yes, we know about Pantera. You're on the right track. And he went on to say that you're fine. The entire government of the United States in areas that matter know about Pantera and we have no problem with Pantera. So I've gone through the gauntlet, trials by fire. I've done this for, you know, 32 years. I haven't filed a tax return for 33 years. And, and I've interfaced with the, the IRS when they attempted in 2014, 15, I was 15, for about two and a half, three years. They came at me three times trying to undermine and um, attack Pantera through me. And I went to peace with him. I took the steps exactly how we teach in status correction, and it completely dissolved and disappeared at a time when we had 15 trust accounts that they were saying were all personal income to me and they were trying to attach that and everything and and that we run a very large amount of funds through and it completely went away and the sec came after me for another reason completely went away so this works and we just got that through that that uncle verification, which I already knew. I know that the, the government <laughs> looks at us frontwards and backwards. But the power of being at peace with the United States and being neutral in the public and knowing how to deal with everything that comes at you the way I did with what I just described is so powerful, so empowering. It removes the fear. It removes the, um, you know, uh, the doubts, the undermining, everything that many, most people think, well, I can't do that. How can I do that and be stable or, or successful? Yeah. It's definitely, um, yeah, like I said, I've, and you're right, when you, were said, when you said earlier where people come there and they say, you know, I've been looking for this all my life, some people will start and they get instantly resonate with it. It's like a draw. For me, it was an encapsulation of all the small pieces and some that I didn't even know were in there, cobbled as one perfect structure. And that to me was the thing. It was like, wow, I knew this little bit and smash my head against a brick wall. Didn't realize that, then work with that. And then if you put those together, it forms that. And 
So basically, like you said, you put all the pieces of the puzzle together. We only had uh, small pieces, of course, that we were not sure what fit where. So sometimes we would put it down and try and stomp on it to make it fit. And of course, that had pretty disastrous ramifications. But <laughs> trial and error, we did anyway. Um, yeah. So when, when I discovered the work and because um, me being a, I'm a massive skeptic of anything, uh, I'll look at it twice thrice and all the rest as well and i definitely don't take people's words for it i'm sort of i have to prove before i will sell to anybody else type thing or before i would um, um recommend other people i would have to feel comfortable that it's something i would do regardless and all that and of course that's one of this is the only thing i found that i would actually do uh do that with so that's no mean feat to get me to have have a change of view, a change of position on a lot of things and actually accept something, mm-hmm. especially the parts I don't know yet. That yeah. I have a I have a sort of sense that I of what they're gonna be, but it's just now making it part of that mechanism which will drive forward and backwards and round and all that and basically expand. Yeah, for the great expanse I will create to um, push out all the negativity and the constructs and basically start, like you say, coming together and creating our own so to me I, i'm i'm grateful to be honest like james and i've known each other for a while and uh he only mentioned this in passing and then it come back around again um in a, in a conversation we had it was just like a throwaway thing and that's why i picked up on it again i said you mentioned that before what tell me more about that and that's where the focus then solidified a focus there which which had me just discover that We'll come across that look at that and think yep this is the way and away i went so i haven't looked back Good. so i'm definitely looking forward to but like you know people want to get to the end of something before they've taken the journey before they've begun yeah like I'd, I'd like to be status corrected right now and i'd like to be able to be f- absolute freedom right now but i know there's a little bit of work i gotta do on myself just just yeah. yet so because it's not just pieces of paper that you sign and send somewhere. Now, yeah, we have self. people doing that with the individual mandate of non-consent for the frontline issue that we're facing, the, the jab issue. Um, and people need to understand that that is an extremely distilled, mo- modified and distilled down to an essence for a specific function. It's, and I go into this in the video I just did that I mentioned um, so I want any, everybody who's either already in the DeVita Society or considering coming in to watch all the videos I've done so far. They're up in various um, uh, media platforms and then the one I just did. Um, and I continue and we continue to put out more materials, more education. And But first to understand this is not a silver bullet. It's not for across the board, you can use these documents to just make everything go away, pay your bills, take care of the court cases, blah, blah, blah. Those are coming, but it's going to take time. We're going to have to come together and build, like I, like I said, we must substantiate it. And the substance that will substantiate it is the living presence of enough beings who are stepping into this and, and making that commitment to yourself. It's not to me. It's not to a king, it's to yourself and to your family and to your future, yourself and the generations to come. I mean, we're basically at a beginning point of building something that's going to expand to be the new 
reality in this world. Um, didn't happen overnight. You know, as they say, they didn't build Rome overnight either. You know, but right now, Rome is falling apart. Because this, this is very good, actually. This is very, very, very good. See, and the more we talk as well, the more I learn. Or, or, or even fortify a position I've held that may be wavering because, I, as usual, the normal construct is trying to convince me otherwise. Um, so it's, it just, yeah, it fortifies my own desire. So one concept that I made reference to is something that I realized many, many years ago. I wrote a little two or three page essay a long time ago called The Transfer Mechanism and the Receptacle. So what are we transferring? Ultimately, we're transferring our life and our living essence uh, and our uh, everything that we have projected into the matrix and attached ourselves to the matrix. Um, and But it relates to that image that I just gave about the rubber band or the bungee cord that you try to walk away, you know, and you're walking to another jurisdiction and you, you know, you're walking, walking, but it's still attached. Well, the transfer mechanism is the ability to transfer oneself, one's life, one's uh, creative capacity, one's substance in terms of what we have created in this world. But if we don't have a receptacle, it, it, the, the matrix is designed to always pull you back, you know, and it has this arrogant concept in and of itself, whether you call it as the AI system or the humans playing it out and all the rest of what, what's going on right now. But whatever you want to refer to as it, it has designed with the most complex, intelligent way of creating a system that apparently is unbeatable and cannot be basically thwarted in any way to, uh, to get out of. But the key is the receptacle, to be able to have a place where you can move to, so to speak, um, and, and reconfigure yourself with everything that you wish to transfer. The most important thing that you wish to transfer is your life force, your essence, your capacity as a source-connected being to continue to create. So even if you um, leave most of what you think is yours behind, it's not yours, it's property of the state, through everything we've talked about, but you can and we can together recreate everything and multiply it a zillion times more than we ever could because it always has a delimiting controlled factor that will not let us truly be free or truly be prosperous and abundant and, and alive in their system. You know, it's antithetical to their system. So we must have a receptacle. And that's what I've been seeking for 25 years. You know, my first attempt, I started studying law in 90, 1990, 91, uh, little baby steps at the time. By 95, 96, I had a very clear idea of what I needed to do in terms of where to get to. And I understood at that time the issue of jurisdiction, not as much as I do now, but to a good basic degree. And I understood that that was everything. And, you know, at that time, I thought, no, I've got to get out of the United States because I've known and been relatively awake since 1970 
seeing what was going on in the late 60s, early 70s, where this country was going. Um, and by the 1990s, when I started studying law, I thought there's no way we'll ever be able to do it here in the state. So I learned what the receptacle needed to be in terms of jurisdiction and in a republic structure as the original intent of the United States was. And so I started creating it internationally, learning offshore strategies, different jurisdictions, going to different countries and setting things up there. And I was at that time thinking that's the receptacle. Then in 97, 98, I met somebody who had actually created a, um, a sovereignty that was holding water, that was actually being able to um, sustain itself. It had massive flaws in it that eventually brought it down, but I learned some very key things about it. So ever since then, just almost 25 years ago, I knew that there was a structure in law that we could achieve the creation of a receptacle that was impervious and impenetrable to outside forces. And that's what I've known my life's work has been about is seeking to create or find the receptacle. And then we could transfer everything into it. And when I linked up with David and what we've done in the last two and a half years, we talked about last time in integrating my work with his work and the historical lineage of the House of David and everything else in law that Pantera and Gemstone has brought forward, this I know as an absolute is that receptacle. So I just want to encourage everybody, let go of your presumptions, let go of your, your ingrained fears and your paranoia and your counterpoints that you think, yeah, it's too good to be true, blah, 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 and the rest of it. It's not. It's the receptacle that we can build within and build it exactly the way we want with freedom absolute to prosper and heal and bring everybody forward with who we really are. And then we are focusing on what's real. And I absolutely guarantee the rest will fade away. And that's exactly where I'm going as well. So that, yeah, it's been it's definitely been a journey because uh, I'm I've basically given my own mind, my own soul, my own energy a crash course, <laughs> and there's been some violence within this guy um, recently at, with the with the whole doubting myself and then attacking myself and telling myself I'm stupid um, and all the different things, and then the other part say no, 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 I know where I'm going. I know who I am and this is what I'm doing, whether you like it or not. So I'm sort of now, now I'm in almost full control of myself. And only when I get control of myself, will I be able to then start creating properly? Cause I don't want to sort of start trying to create out there when I'm still in turmoil here. Otherwise I'm just going to mess something up. So like wanting to create a specific picture on a board um, and dropping the paint in the wrong place, it just ruins it and then you start getting depressed and you think it's worthless when it could really be the art of the, the golden nugget. Mm -hmm. So much confusion when you first start going through this, isn't it? It just puts you out of complete whack. You're like, you're like out of phase with yourself. And um, like before I used to say to people, you know, I don't make mistakes because I don't. I don't make mistakes. Everything I do, it's because I wanted to do it. You know, some people have affairs and they say, oh, it was a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. You wanted yeah. to do that. The mistake was getting caught. 
And that's what you feel bad about because now you've had to deal with someone else's grief that you've created. So I understand that. When we say failure is not an option, there is no failure unless you stop. If you stop when you seemingly have failed or they catch you and they throw you in jail for a while, any of that, it's not failure. It's stepping stones to success. The only failure is when we stop moving forward to our ultimate goal of the manifestation of our will and our intent. And it's right here. We've manifested everything that I'm talking about. Now we will see it substantiate. It is actually already manifested. Everything that I'm talking about, what will start very soon is substantiating it and building it. And within a year from now, we won't even recognize ourselves. Things are about to change quite dramatically. And part of it, people talk about something called a global currency reset. A lot of what's out there is not on, not accurate anymore. Seemingly it was a while ago. And I've been mm-hmm. through that process for many years. Um, but consider GCR is not just currency reset, it's consciousness reset. Because the consciousness of humanity has been captured and held within a containment field, a prison, a holographic reality for millions of years. And we've gone through cycles and many, many cycles. And we come at the cycle at its pinnacle where it collapses in the attempt for the parasite to take hold, to literally own us and control us forever, to feed off of us. This has happened many times. Consciousness has collapsed. And uh, external forces seemingly came in, like catastrophic uh, things, comets hit the planet or floods and global fires or whatever. But it's a matter of consciousness, because at a certain point, the consciousness can't keep sustaining the creation of a false reality that's disconnected and separate from life or source or creation, and it will collapse. What's different now is we've finally learned how to step up to hold on to our relationship with the creation that we have created in this creational field. And we're moving through it. And we're finally resolving the karma and the trauma. We're healing it. And we have to walk through all of this stuff. This is all what we need to do to face what we've created and correct it. And in law and in equity, there's one primary position you can always take to rescind a signature and revoke powers of attorney and terminate a contract. And that's on the basis of mistake. Oh, I made a mistake. If you use that simple phrase, you got to know a few other things about it. But if you're in court and you do certain things, you say, well, I made a mistake. It's absolutely required that that's accepted. Well, that's the same in this larger context. We are resolving our mistakes. We are going, that's what sin actually is, is missing the mark. Well, what's the mark? Separating ourselves from from balance and alignment with life. So have we sinned? Well, in that context, is it a sin the way the church talks about? No, that's a subjective judgment, yeah, Yeah. with a control mechanism attached to it. Um, But the karma we created is a form of sin in terms of separation from self and separation from life. And so we've been given an opportunity to face the legal and monetary bondage 
that's attempted to own us. And we can resolve it, settle it, close it. And that's what you will learn in the study of law and the simple steps of what we need to do to move into the, the receptacle. And that will resolve karma. It'll pay our karmic debt. It'll pay our monetary debt. And we will walk out of bondage into freedom. And with that, we have to end because I have another appointment. I've got to go. And I think yeah, that's, no, that's, that's fine. That was a perfect way to end as well. And I very much look forward to the uh, next discussion uh, in this series because it's information people need to know. And I'll tell you what, I think New Zealand will be one of the countries that um, is ripe for growth uh, along this along this path. Um, and because people over here fundamentally aren't stupid. They're not too far down the um, stockades corral. They're... Um, all they need is a little direction and then a mirror where they can take a good look, a long, hard look at themselves and realize that they, like I was, the problem here, not anything yeah. else that I blamed. Well, you so, know, New Zealand wasn't an accident for New Zealand to host the creation of the movies, Lord of the Rings. And what was the, what was the, the fundamental storyline? was that the ring of power that binds them all had to be returned to the mountain of doom and thrown into the mountain where it was originally forged and created. And that has happened. The ring of power has been destroyed and the new land will be able to reblossom and, and um, live again. So, so I look forward to more conversations and um, and just watch the movie. There's some interesting things coming. Yes, and I'll be right there every step of the way. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, that was Kenneth Scott. We will see you. Much appreciated too. We will be back uh, in the next uh, episode of this series. Stay tuned. It just gets better from here on in. See you then. You can find Counterspin, New Zealand's media revolution, at counterspinmedia.com. And now, on the InfoWars Network, at band.video.